Welcome to the Gravity Technique podcast. My name is Kaz and I'm the creator of the Gravity Technique, which is a bridge between the face-meltingly boring science world and the practical application of how your body actually works. I've spent 20 years researching anatomy and movement, so you don't have to, and this podcast is where I deep dive into debunking, de-jargoning and myth-busting some of our most common ailments. So if you're ready to feel empowered and take responsibility for your own health and well-being, let's get started. So, uh, I've been away for a while. It's been a very busy 2023. We've done all sorts of bits and pieces, including moving house. So it's uh, it's been a bit full on, but it's really lovely to be back towards the end of 2023. And just restarting this, the episodes where we're just talking about the common ailments that come up for us and just like I say, just demything and debunking and de-jargoning some stuff for you. Um, I hope that you find these sessions useful. So I've been talking a lot recently about head forward um, posture. It's currently called head forward syndrome, actually, but I disagree with all things that are a syndrome, but like imposter, imposter syndrome. It's disempowering to have those words bandied around because it gives us an idea that there's nothing that we can do about them. And actually, when we have a little bit of education around them, when we follow the why, which is what we do at Gravity Technique, we want to follow the why. Why is this happening? Why, you know, what is causing it? We look at the symptoms and then follow the why and try and get down to the root of what's actually going on for us. So head forward posture, something that's really caused by you know, our day-to-day activities, everyday activities like driving, uh, sitting at the desk, looking at a computer, watching TV, looking at our screens on the phone, all of those things take our um, eyes into sharp focus and the, the head starts to come forward. Symptoms of this, of course, is stiff or tight shoulders, neck pain, tension, headaches, uh, sometimes tinnitus has been attributed to um, the compression that happens at the neck when the head goes forwards. And the head is heavy. There's no two ways about that. It's a good 12 pounds in weight. There's, um, you know, almost a stone in weight. So when we think about that, that's, that's a significant weight that's coming out of the gravity line moving forwards. And of course, there is a function to that because we need to take in the uh, information that's in front of us, whether that's driving and we're watching the road ahead or whether that's on the screen in front of us. So just getting into that, is it just poor posture? It's, it's not just poor posture having our head persistently forward, having our shoulders persistently tight, having neck tension a lot of the time uh, has has a real impact on so many other levels of the body. And it's really important that we start to look at the body as the holistic functioning whole. Uh, It's something that we talk about a lot. I talk about it a lot. It's not just muscles and bones and fascia, and, and we know this now with um, as we get deeper into the um, exploring what fascia is, what it does, why we need to know about it. And if you're not familiar with fascia, it is the connective tissue body, it's the cling film wrapping that covers your muscles, covers your bones, covers your nervous system. 
Um, there's a, a yellow fluffy onesie that's full of this connected tissue, which is underneath your skin. So if you've got your skin onesie, then you've got your yellow fluffy onesie, which is superficial fascia. And then under that, you've got your silver surfer onesie, which is this beautiful striated uh, silver or rainbow membrane that covers your muscles and your bones. This is your deep fascia as a basic schematic of how we work. So with that in mind, initially we just thought it was packing material. Then we found out it was a tensional network and we thought that it was giving direction to the muscles. Now we know that it has a hormone component to it. It has a neurological component to it. It's talking back to your brain all the time um, about what's going on inside your body, what's going on outside your body. It measures environmental factors. It uh, measures internal environmental factors. So there's so much going on. And it's exactly the same with our bodies that we cannot just see ourselves as these individual component parts or this standard sort of biomechanics levers and pulleys approach. So when we are in a persistent arrangement or shape where we are not within the gravity line, and the head is forward. And of course, we are born to move and we are born to stay you know, upright. There are systems and processes in place in your brain that prevent you from falling on your face. You know, there's specific directives to prevent that from happening, such as when your head comes forwards to look at something and to take in information, there's a counterweight to that, and that counterweight is your pelvis at the other end of the spine. So as your head goes forwards, your pelvis tucks under. And this is so important to note because this has a, a resounding impact on the spine as a whole, but it also has a huge impact on the, the body as a whole. So yes, the head comes forwards and the spine bones get pulled into a longer arrangement, maybe a, a C-shape arrangement. But also what's really important to note here is that there is significant fluid flow going up and down the inside of your spine, cerebral spinal fluid, but also up and down the front of your spine in that your blood works. So when the head is forwards and you know, if, if we adopt this posture, and I am in it at the moment, actually, because if you're on my social media, you would have seen I'm in my very technical podcasting den, basically two chairs with a blanket thrown over the top. Um, and my posture at the moment is very much a C-shaped curve um, with my head forwards as I'm looking at the the information in front of me. So as my head comes forwards, my ribs tend to go into the, the abdomen, abdominal cavity or the tummy area. So there's a little bit of collapse through the solar plexus and the pelvis is tucking under to counterweight the, the weight of the head coming forwards. So all of this is taken into consideration. So I know at the moment blood flow around my body is probably slowing down significantly. Cerebral spinal fluid, really important. It is the most potent healing agent within your body. And the flow of cerebral spinal fluid around your fascial system, up and down your spine to your brain, and then back down to the uh, base of your spine, 
is fundamental to our health and well-being. So I know that I will record this episode and then I will go and do some gravity techniques to put the spinal curves back as they should be. What we need to look at is when the head is persistently coming forward and we're not doing anything about that, what happens to the rest of the body? Well, as I said, the head is heavy. Something has to hold it at the top of your spine and usually it's the top of the shoulders. So whilst we feel the pain in the shoulders, when we follow the why, the next answer is the head is forward. And if we say why again, why is the head forward? Well, it's because I'm looking at the screen. Okay, can I stop looking at the screen? And in one of my posts this week, I was talking about sitting being the new smoking, which was a a quote uh, given by... um, one of the the doctors at a medical center in the US. And he said, you know, the chair is killing us, which is a really inflammatory quote, because you can choose to give up smoking. But if sitting at the desk, looking at the computer, or long distance driving, or you know, these myriad different reasons why we would have our head forwards. One of the reasons our head comes forward as parents is if you have a small person running up the road in front of you, your head has to come forwards because it's your responsibility as a carer to that child to keep them from either running into the road or going into um, picking up things that they shouldn't be. It's our responsibility to keep them safe. So of course our head is forward, keeping an eye on you you know, the two or three-year-old that is um, a bit like a loose cannon heading up the road in front of us. The same if we have animals. If we have, uh, if we're taking the dog for a walk, we're invariably keeping an eye on the dog to make sure, A, it doesn't eat something that it shouldn't and get sick, or B, it doesn't run out into the road. So the head is, you know, perpetually coming forward. There's a reason for that, and we need that. So whilst we can give up smoking... Taking our head out of the gravity line to take in lots of information to keep ourselves and the people and animals that we give care to and the environment around us keeps them safe, it's important that our head is is able to come forward. But also what the piece that we seem to be missing in our day-to-day life is how do we put that back afterwards? And interestingly, you know, Having poor posture, and I hear this a lot from my clients, you know, they say that they've been told that they've got poor posture. Well, what does that mean? And what do you do about it? And generally, the answer I receive is, I don't know. So we have to look at what happens to the body when the head comes forwards. How does that impact our fluid flow? How does that impact? Has a huge impact on our energy levels because we're taking in huge amounts of information. Initially, you know, our uh, head forward uh, puts the eyes into sharp focus. And I've said this before, but I'll say it again. We have two ranges of focus in the eyes. Sharp focus is to look up to the top of the hill, take in lots of information very quickly. I would be in my village. This is old stuff. This is old hard wiring for the brain. Back when we we lived in, you know, mud huts. So I would look up to the hill and I would need to know if the person coming over the hill 
was my friend and they're bringing me, um, you know, bringing me some cake or something like that. Or if it's somebody that's actually an aggressor and they're going to come and burn my village down. So I need to know, equally if there's a large animal coming over the hill, I need to know what that animal is, how much of a threat it places for me. Puts the brain into decision-making mode. Decision-making mode is quite a high-energy consumption mode. So when we're in sharp focus, as we are when we're looking at the screen, as we are when we're watching children, as we are when we are uh, long-distance driving, or any driving, to be honest, we've uh, just moved closer to London. The roads are far, far busier here than they were when we were living out in the countryside. It's a bit of a shock. Um, All of a sudden, driving becomes a lot more tiring than it was uh, previously. And I was thinking about that. Um, because it, it sort of sneaked up on me a little bit and suddenly realised that I was a bit more reluctant to go driving um, later on in the day or even in the dark because it is so much busier and I need more concentration levels. So as our concentration levels go up, as our information uh, receiving um parts of us start to parts of the brain start to come in that consumes huge amounts of energy so our energy levels are affected by that which then has an impact on our productivity then has an impact on our focus levels our creativity all of this stuff it kind of gets a bit chewed up um, by the fact that we are constantly in this information receiving and then decision making what do I do with that information do I need to run away do I need to mobilize myself so that I can fight whatever it is um, and or do I need to to run away so with that in mind or do I need to hide was was the third one but with that in mind a lot of the time now that's not the case for us in fact most of the time it's not the case for us there is no threat for us we live you know for most of us we live in very safe environments um, and we're very privileged very lucky to have that so with that in mind a lot of the time the brain is mobilizing itself the chemical um components in the body, your adrenaline, your cortisol is also mobilizing itself for something that just doesn't happen. And this happens over and over and over again. So this has a a huge impact on the body as a whole, starts to uh, impact us on on different levels. And we can feel fatigued, we can feel um, unnecessarily tired, we feel tired without having um, had any physical exertion. Another one that I wanted to touch on just before we go into what we can do about this is pelvic floor dysfunction. So when the head comes forwards and the tail tucks under, the pelvis tucks under, as it does when we are looking forwards, and we've got the head forward out of the gravity line, the negative impact of the pelvis persistently being tucked under is that the pelvic floor disengages. And you can try this for yourself. So if you're standing up or if you want to stand up briefly, if you tuck your tail under and then try to pull up on your pelvic floor, just notice how much um, grip you've got there, how much engagement you can gain there. And then just shift your body weight forward slightly into your uh, balls of your feet. So slightly forwards into the balls of your feet. Let the heels get pulled down into the ground. So we've got this even weight distribution through the sole of the foot. And then from there, 
let the tail lift a little bit out behind you. It's like you're sending the sit bones out to the bottom of the wall behind you. And you let the, the sacrum be invited into the spine. And once you feel the pelvic shift, now draw up on your pelvic floor and see how much engagement you have. And there should be a little bit of a difference between the two. For some of us, there's a marked difference between the two. And it's just interesting to notice that because the root of a lot of pelvic floor dysfunction isn't just uh, weak pelvic floor muscles. And I've said this before in a, in a different episode, and there is a pelvic floor episode if you want to go and look at that. The This was sparked by clients coming through my clinic um, presenting with pelvic floor uh, dysfunction and they had been diligently performing their Kegel exercises and not getting any results. And again, I wanted to know why. Me and the why um, are always down there. So follow the why. Why aren't the, the pelvic floor um, exercises working? Well, if you're relax, re- if you're contracting and releasing a set of muscles to make them stronger and that's not having an effect, then it must be something else. It can't be a strength issue. So from there, I started to look at is pelvic floor dysfunction a postural issue? And we cannot get away from the fact that when the head goes forwards out of the gravity line, there is significant shift in the pelvis. And of course, the main structures through the pelvis or one of the main set of structures through the pelvis is the pelvic floor. And indeed, yes, it does. The answer was yes. And so now getting your head back into the gravity line not only impacts your fluid flow, your energy levels, your productivity, focus, creativity, gets the blood going around the body, gets your cerebral spinal fluid going around the body, but also can have a real impact on your pelvic floor um, strength, but also your pelvic floor um, resilience. So we, we don't want a rigid pelvic floor that is constantly in a contractile state. In fact, we don't want any part of the body that's consistently in a rigid contractile state. Same with, we go to the next diaphragm of the body, which is the arch of the foot. We don't want flat feet because then the arch of the foot or the diaphragm of the foot is in a flaccid state. But equally, we don't want a high instep either because that's the that's the arch of the foot or the plantar fascia, uh, to give it its proper name, that's the plantar fascia in a continual um, rigid state, in a contracted state. So we want everybody to be moving through their ranges, everybody in the body that is, the diaphragms of the body, arches of the feet, pelvic floor, breathing diaphragm and the one that's in the underside of the head, the hyoid diaphragm. We want those to be in a continually fluid state so they can go into a state of contraction but they can also go into a state of release as well. We want everybody moving at their appropriate strength and at their appropriate length. So how do we work with the fact that for many of us, we sit at the desk for many, many hours of the day. How can we get around the fact that for many of us, we do have to drive to work. We do have to do the school run every day. We do have to drive to see our relatives. My family live 250 miles away. It's it's a fair trek for us to get to them. So with that in mind, 
what we want to do is we want to have these gravity techniques or tools in our skill set that help us to re-establish the curves of the spine and just put everything back in the gravity line. And the most simple way to do this is simply by laying on your back with the knees bent, soles of the feet on the floor. So you can do this on the floor, you can do this laying in bed, you can do this laying on your sofa, wherever you've got a surface, so everything is accessible to you. You can do this when you finish work and you can just go and lay on your bed for five minutes, knees bent, soles of the feet into the bed and just let your body reset itself. Your most powerful tools are gravity, a surface underneath you and your breathing, the ability to relax. So we just allow the back of the head to get pulled down into the bed or into the ground Then we go to the shoulder blades and just allow the shoulder blades to get pulled into the surface underneath us. And we're looking for flat plates of the shoulder blades. You might find that one shoulder blade is happy on the on the surface underneath you. You might find that one shoulder blade is on its edge. So but can we just put gravity buttons underneath the shoulder blades and pull them down into the surface underneath you? Same with the smile at the base of the back of the ribs. Can we start to breathe broad into the back of the ribs? And that lets the front of the body sink back into the back of the body, particularly if we've been in this C-shape curve to the spine. Everything's been forward, forward, forward. Can we let the face go into the back of the head? Can we let the ribs go into the back of the spine? Can we let the tummy sink back into the spine And then the final four are the back of the pelvis. Can we let the back of the pelvis sink? Let the drawbridge of the sacrum just roll away towards the heels. This uncurls the spine if it's been, um, uncurls the pelvis if it's been tilted uh, under for any period of time. And then just feeling your feet, noticing which parts of the feet are happy to connect with the surface underneath you? Is it more heels or more toes or more inner or more outer edge of the foot? And can we make touch equal throughout the landscape of the foot? And then can we just relax and breathe and let everything just do its work? You know, your body is a highly intelligent, self-healing organism. It's born to walk. It's born to move. It has everything it needs. We just sometimes just need to get out of the way And this is a great opportunity for us to do that, to just let the wheels of the mind stop spinning in the mud, to let the wheels of the body just stop spinning, to just lose a little bit of that forward momentum and just start to slow down and come into rest. So I hope this is useful. Have a try. Let me know how you get on. Um, There is another movement that gets the head back into the gravity line. It's called Fuzzy Focus and Sharp Focus. It's available as a free download. I'll put it in the show notes so you've got it here. Uh, It's also over on the YouTube channel at Gravity Technique. And if you want to come and find out more about Gravity Technique, you can come and join us for our free class. Next free class is actually 13th of January 2024. Free classes happen every month. But this one is particularly for head, neck and shoulders. So if that's you, if you're worrying about your posture or if your posture is giving you grief or you've got shoulders or back, shoulders that are giving you grief or back pain 
or you're suffering with your pelvic floor, pop into the free class, come and give us a wave. We'll be able to help you out um, and just come and see what we're all about. So I hope you found that useful. It's been absolutely lovely to be back with you today and podcast is out every Wednesday. Please like and share us. Please hit subscribe and I will see you next week. Take care.